0: If you're looking for some straight up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas,
1: a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Marketing and Margaritas. Can you believe we've made it this far? Yay! <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I can, but apparently you can't. <laughs>
1: well, look, I was listening back to some of our original episodes the other day, and like, I remember our first episode, we are like, this might not even see the of the day, we'll see how this goes. It was <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> so we're up to 20, I think that just us like a little <laughs> pat on the back. Go us. <sighs> Funny. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Today, we're talking about things to consider when going e com So this, just a little disclaimer, this is not a comprehensive guide to setting your business up on e-commerce. It's just a guide of things to consider.
0: Yeah, basically, like obviously when you're planning on selling stuff actually online, there's, you know, there's There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of pitfalls and, and costings and all kinds of stuff. So what we've done is basically kind of put together, I think just those starting steps of things to consider and, you know, doing your, start doing your research and everything on.
1: Yeah, we're not saying it's not a good idea. It's yeah. definitely <laughs> beneficial for your business if you, if it's something that you're looking into and something you can provide that will be cost-effective for you. Um, but, yeah, so let's jump into it. What is e-commerce? Because I'm not talking English here. It's <laughs> literally just a fancy name for doing business, a.k.a. commerce, electronically aka online so e is the electronic part Mm -hmm. of commerce. so selling your products selling your services um doing that kind of stuff online to streamline your business pretty much or to reach people who are in a different area so if you're looking to broaden your market if you can sell a product that is easily freightable and is affordable to do so and you can actually start reaching people outside of your region or even outside of your state like kudos that's well, I think, but,
0: you know and for service providers um, a marketing strategy for someone here can also be a marketing strategy for somebody in wa like yeah. it's the the principles of marketing are the same financial advice accounting all those kind of things like there's definitely geographical considerations but at the same time if you're prepared for it and you know that and you've done your research and you're you know, half good at what you do, then you can provide really quality um, services online as well as those, obviously, Products.
1: Absolutely. And that perfectly segues into my next point is that current consumer trends are motivating the us to change the way we do business. So I hate saying the C word, especially on this, but like COVID has changed. <laughs> Jade's face. She was like... I really didn't know what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> no. I didn't think you were going to say that, but like, I didn't know what the C word would be.
1: <laughs> well, COVID has changed the way we do business. So with a lot of people, um, obviously we're in Queensland, so we're very fortunate. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people in other states are working from home, and, uh, on, in lockdowns, can't go shopping, can't do services, um, get services and sell their services the same way. We're, we're definitely being pushed to move into this e-commerce platform and to be online a little bit more.
0: And that's it. Like that push doesn't always have to come from a negative space either. So we have a client who's like this amazing PT yeah. and her and her partner um, want to travel around in a caravan. Like that's, you know, for the foreseeable future. So she wanted to move her, you know, it's a PT. Like generally the traditional method is those face-to-face boot camps, group training, yeah. one-on-ones, etc. She closed We've, her
1: gym. That's it. Yeah.
0: We've helped her to go to take her business fully online so that no matter where she is in Australia, as soon as all the borders and stuff open up, she can be servicing people with really high-quality personalised pt you know offerings so it's yeah it doesn't always have to come from a oh this has happened to our like it has for some people like you know we can't operate the way we normally can so we're having to look at this but it can also be an opportunity to to build your business the way that you want to um to run it so yeah
1: absolutely Um, And and like I kind of touched on to start with, if you're wanting to streamline some sales process or the invoice handling time, having that e-commerce platform, so something that we're looking towards in the future is setting up e-commerce for ourselves. So when we're doing our um, online services or workshop tickets and that kind of stuff, it's just a click of a button for the consumer. So they can go, yep, click, I'll buy that, ticket's paid for, done. So as a business, that saves a lot of um, purchasing time behind the scenes for admin to set up and send invoices, reconciling payments, following up any debt. Like it's, it's all streamlined on your website. So there's um, an absolute benefit there as well.
0: 100%. So things to consider when you are looking for going, like taking your business online. So whether obviously your first one is going to be website You know, that's, there are like, you know, for example, Lani was talking about workshops and we could be using, say, an Eventbrite or something like that as a third party platform to process tickets and everything online. So there are, you know, other ways of taking your business online, but primarily you're looking at a website. So whether you're building a new one or whether you're going to be upgrading your current site, the first consideration is really around costs. Um, So looking at your website hosting. So website hosting is going to be higher for e-commerce sites because obviously people are putting in their personal and confidential details, so there needs to be higher security around it. You'll also need, um, you know, if you are, like I said, doing it through your website as opposed to, say, a, a, an Eventbrite or something, you'll need a payment gateway. Um, so that would be something like PayPal or Stripe. They're the two biggies um, that most People sort of use. So, PayPal, people can, if you have um, PayPal as a payment option, it means that people can pay using their PayPal account. Um, If you have Stripe, it means people can use, um, pay using their Stripe account or using major credit cards. Um, So, a lot of people tend to have both um, because then that gives all of those options because there are still people who don't have a PayPal account. And then there's, you know, I think putting your credit card details in line online that's not something that everyone wants to do yeah. so by having those different options it just makes it easier for people to purchase from you and feel confident about it
1: oh and if businesses are purchasing purchasing from you they are less likely to potentially have a PayPal account but they'll be happy to put their credit card details in so it definitely depends on your consumer preference exactly
0: and so then depending again on what website platform you use the e-commerce component could come in the form of different plugins. So for example if you've got word if you've got a WordPress website then you're going to need some kind of e commerce um, plugin and it's going to have a cost yeah. as well. So you know you're going to have your um, you know got your domain hosting. You'll have your website hosting. You'll have your plugin costs. You'll probably have your SEO plugin costs. Like you know, so it's just extra annual. Like most of them, you know, those online ones, like they have the monthly billing figure, but monthly they charge annually. Annual. Yep. yeah. So that's you know, it's just adding those extra costs um, onto your website. For people to be able to purchase online.
1: So that's something to weigh up, whether it's a pro or con for your business. But if you, like I said to start with, if you don't have staff that will be handling those transactions or looking after your con- consumers, then you are saving money on you know, payroll or having the lights on in your physical office or the benefit of doing business outside of your business
0: hours. And it's the same thing is if you're expanding your reach and you're getting more customers than what you had before, the you volume store, takes care of the um, additional costs anyway. But again, this is just all stuff to consider.
1: So something you touched on before that we we didn't note, and I thought was really interesting is if you are using your current website over the likes of an Eventbrite, you're going to be updating your website more often. So that's going to have a positive effect on your SEO for your website. Yes, it will. Yeah. Excellent point, Lani. (laughs) Yeah. So that got me really excited. (laughs) Numbers nerd here. (laughs) I'm like, oh, free SEO updates. It is.
0: So, and that's the thing that's when, you know, the reason why we haven't moved towards that yet is because I've been trying to look for the right platform and plugin that I want for our online stuff because, you know, when you use those ones like Eventbrite or whatever, you're driving traffic to them. Yeah. So you're driving traffic away from your website and you're improving their you know? SEO. <laughs> um whereas if you can encapsulate it within your website, then yes, it definitely has those benefits as well. So a big one that people can get stuck on is if you do have physical products, is that you need to consider the shipping options. Yeah. So if you have people who come into your store and buy things and then go on their merry way, that's, you know, you've never really probably had to think about it. You might have shipped some orders, you know, but it's probably just something that you're doing manually. Whereas if you're going to have an e-commerce site, again, we don't want to be creating more work for ourselves. We want to be streamlining things for ourselves. So you've got to be looking at, actually setting up some shipping parameters so and that's again you know obviously there's the costs of shipping so uh, you know i don't know what australia post cost is but use them for example like you've got careers and everything too obviously but say australia post it might be that it's a flat fee of seven dollars for up to 500 grams and then everything over that is weighted to a certain amount so you might see um like some i know some australian retailers where they have like a flat fee of say 10 bucks no matter the weight mm-hmm. and they go okay on some we will win on some we will lose yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean whereas with other ones they actually have shipping calculators um built in and so that's again when you're looking at Developing your website that there's certain plugins and platforms and certain couriers and like I'm not sure about Australia Post because we we don't do products ourselves sort of thing but where you can actually like connect into their um, shipping calculators so that you know if you go like the people put in I want these products on the back end you've put what those products weigh and what their dimensions are. And therefore, the shipping calculators can go, okay, these three different products put together will weigh this much, will be about this size, and therefore, and their postcode is blah, blah, and therefore, the shipping will be this. So, it's something that, yes. So,
1: there's a lot there, but the main things to consider is your platform that you've chosen to do your e-com on what its capabilities are when it comes to shipping, whether it's got set shipping requirements or how much you can customize it. And then looking into a couple of different couriers or freight providers um, and working out what price and delivery options are going to suit you best. Because, like, at, again, at the moment, the C word comes out because freight, where we've ah. got borders locked down, we've got shipping not coming into the country. So freight is really struggling at the moment. So looking at who you're going to trust to deliver your products to your clients, because, that's actually going to be a really forward-facing part of your business if you're delivering items. So yeah, weighing up costs, um, their abilities um, in conjunction with your website's capabilities is going to be two things that go hand in hand with working out what suits you
0: best there. And that's, you know, it might even be that there could be cheaper shipping options if It for untracked parcels, for example, whereas you might go, no, part of our brand is that we're guaranteeing delivery. So even though it's more expense, we actually want to have it so that everything is tracked. And so then you need to weigh up the costs of, you know, is that a cost that gets passed on to the consumer or is that a cost of you doing business? You know, so that's all things that you need to be considering as well. And that also leads into my next point, which is it's really important to not only for every product to link to information about shipping and returns, but have a prominent shipping and returns page. It's one of those things when someone is looking to buy from you online, if they've not done business with you before, we really need to make sure that they can feel but they can trust you before they make that purchase decision. You know, like if someone's buying something that's like 10 bucks, they might not care too much. But if they're going to be buying like a $200 frying pan, for example – you know, I want to make sure that I'm actually going to get it. And then if I'm not happy with it, if I've bought something, if I've taken a chance on your business, It's broken, it's the wrong
1: size, you're not happy with it.
0: Exactly. It's not completely as described or it's not what I thought it was going to be, then how easy is it going to be for me to return it? Because there's all different, you know, levels of how people can handle returns as well. And if you're not sure on any of this stuff, it's like when we do anything, research what other people are doing.
1: Especially if you have competitors.
0: Yeah, and have a look at like Google reviews and stuff like that. Like who's getting good reviews for how they handle shipping and returns and then go check out how they're doing. You know, like do your research first just to make sure that you're not only taking care of the consumer but you're taking care of your business.
1: So one thing like a lot of women's fashion Online stores do is they may not offer a full cash refund, but they offer you a credit in store. So that's primarily they're trying to push you to keep buying in store. You've already spent that money with them, they're not out of pocket. For the whole cost of the item because you're going to come back and keep that money with them Mm. so yeah there's different businesses do it different ways it's worth checking out yeah
0: absolutely and another way of helping to create that that trust and to help people feel more confident in making those decisions is having an faq page as well so even if you have you know a very clear shipping and returns page people will still be like oh but what if it's like the wrong colour or what if it's not the right size? What if it's um, arrived late and it was meant to be a gift? You know, like they're going to have all those little individual questions and stuff, so an FAQ is a really good place to – and the way that you build that as well, like obviously looking at what other people are doing and everything. But then as questions come in, use that to continually build on and grow that FAQ section,
1: and that can go really well to creating your policies and procedures internally. So if you've got multiple team dealing with your online sales, they know what the policy is if they ordered socks and they were the wrong size. Like, okay, set standard for
0: returning items that are wrong size. This is what
1: we do. This is what we've told our customers. It's very transparent.
0: Yeah, that's. I was just about to say that. It's about transparency, man, because you think of yourself when you go to shop online, you know, like quite often when people are business owners, they think about it from their perspective. Yeah. But it's like, well, think about when you're in the consumer seat. How Do, do you just blatantly trust everybody and just take chances with your money and think that things will be fine? I mean, some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> but some people are a little bit more discerning, you know. It so,
1: depends on the value. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and how, how many wines you've had on a Friday night. <laughs> um, you got to love eBay shopping. So... When you do have your products as well, a big thing to think about and leading on from that building trust, et cetera, is that you need to fill in that sensory gap. So if I'm going to a store, I can pick up the candle, I can, can smell, smell it. it, I can physically see how big it is and you know a man like oh that's going to be the right size for this space I have at home or whatever. You I don't can you feel the,
1: the glass or the material that's held in.
0: Yeah, exactly. I can see oh it's got a glass base on it. it, I thought it might have been plastic but actually it is glass, it's nice and heavy and everything you know so I can see all of those details and feel them, smell them, etc. whereas online I don't have any of that. So we've seen people uh, and we try and educate clients and stuff that when they're putting together information for their products, you know your product really well. No one else does. Yeah. So you need to tell them every single little thing.
1: Close your eyes and describe it.
0: Yeah, and it is, like I said, whether it's a glass holder or a plastic one, the so- the dimensions, the weight, the, way, the smell. Yeah. You know, Lionel and I were talking about, like, with candle, it's not even just saying, like, oh, it's a, it's a lemon-smelling candle. It's like, you know, it's lemon. Is it, like, a sweet lemon? Is it a bright, fresh lemon? Is it a fresh, linen, summery kind of, you know, like – Be descriptive in your descriptions as well.
1: Do some wanky marketing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's that's how everyone rolls, though, eh, right?
1: But also filling in that sensory gap is the visual. So yeah. using our candle example, you know, you don't just have a photo of your candle with a white background done. They've got one photo; they can see what it looks like. If you're candle shopping, you would have seen that usually there's a staged photo where the in you know nice environment. We're like, oh, that's really calm and relaxing. I'd love that by my bath too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what it looks like when it's lit. I really like the timber wick over the cotton wick. Like it just- helps. To- to sell it.
0: Thank that you. visual is so important. And it's like, I was shopping for handbags a while ago and they actually had a little sort of, not a gift, but it was like just a short video clip sort of thing. So they had a whole bunch of sliders of looking at the bag from different angles, um, including from in top. So you could see all of the pockets and that. their lining, etc. But then there was a woman holding the bag and she was kind of circling back and forth a little bit so that you could see. Where does it sit on her white wires and stuff? Exactly. Like, and it was just for me, you know, because it was, I think it was like a $300 bag or something. But because it was a laptop, it was a special one. I've still got it (laughs) years later. Sorry, she was giving me judgy looks. (laughs) I don't have kids. I spend my money how I want. But you know what I mean? Like, so kind of forking out that for something that I'd never physically touched especially with bags because I'm so freaking fussy about bags. yeah you know and I've, I've still got it I love that bag it's just as beautiful like I looked at it a lot before I bought it you know because those images and the way that they promoted it and described it and everything was just they gave me so much information but they really sold it to me and it was you know like I said I normally change bags like every couple of years at least. Yeah. I've had that one for like three or four years. So that's a big commitment for me. That's, that's a big bag commitment. commitment. <laughs> okay. So another thing with your products is thinking about how you're going to handle that distribution as well. So obviously we touched on shipping before as far as freight calculators and everything. But what about the actual physical um, shipping part? So Are you going to keep all of your products at home or at your business and, you know, get the packaging material and stuff yourself, which is another cost to consider as well? Yes. Do you need bubble wrap? Do you need butcher's paper? Do you need... Extra tape. Label
1: printers. And obviously
0: the actual, like... On padded envelopes or boxes or whatever it is that your stuff will be going into. And
1: there's a lot of, like, marketing detail that goes into, like, opening that package. Like, you look at how many people on social media do unboxing of really pretty things. Like, so that's definitely an element to consider because, again, it's your your consumer's not going to your business. So this is the This is the customer
0: experience. Yeah. So a friend of mine had a nail polish business and she and her friend had it together and they're Unboxing their nail polishes was... It just felt beautiful. Like, yeah. the packaging was gorgeous and branded. When you open it up, it was all, like, pretty and shit inside. And there was this tag that they... One of them had actually hand calligraphy written it, and then they just, print like, reprinted that. But it was an original yeah. um, that said, Hello, gorgeous. You look amazing today. Yeah. And it was just, like, this really sweet little touch sort of thing. But it was, you know, they thought about when their nail polish has arrived, that's that's the end of the transaction for them. Yeah. yeah they got what they wanted, it's but what about me as a consumer? It's like
1: midway in the consumer journey because, I, oh, it. I've got this, now I get to try it, and then I'll develop my
0: opinion whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Again, going back to my bag example, like when that arrived, it was in this – I've still got the box, like this big, beautiful box that was tied with a ribbon and shit. Yeah. It's a good, sturdy box. So I've used it for storage. And, and inside it was, the bag was actually inside of a, like, an, like a tote bag kind of thing, a cloth yeah. bag. And the cloth bag was the same material as the lining of my bag. Oh. So it was just, it was really luxe, man. Well
1: thought out. So mm. yeah, spend some extra time thinking about that. But talking about distribution, if you're doing that for yourself from your business floor, um, because your team will have more time not Entertaining customers, no. (laughs) You're still going to get people in your store, I hope. Or you can go to a distribution warehouse. Yeah, so there's
0: managed warehouses as well where they'll actually, like, you have your products made or created, or you make them and create them yourself, and then they get stored. You pay for them to be stored there, but they also do the picking, packing, and posting for you.
1: For the three Ps. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm glad that's amused you. (laughs) What
1: are they
0: called? Alliteration. Yes, love alliteration. Um, So, yeah, so those are the, you know, when you've got those physical products, that's another thing you need to be considering is the actual physical part of how you're going to get it to the customer and then how they're going to experience on the other end. Another quick tip from a marketing perspective there as well is – so friends of ours have an earring business, and so on her, um, you know, her packages come and they're all gorgeous and everything too. And on her little earring cards, um, she has a share your stomping style. Oh, well, I've just told about it this. <laughs> it's stomping elephants. Hey, plug for Abby. Um, share your stomping style, and they've got, like, the hashtag you know, their hashtag on there so that, you know, you, when you – I don't know about you, but when I get new earrings, I like to try them on. Sometimes I take photos of them. If anyone <laughs> looks on my Instagram, there's definitely a fair few stomping pics on there. Um, and, you know, and so that way they can then be – so when my item arrives – I'm, you know, taking photos, I'm using that hashtag, they can then go and share my stuff to Interact. their stories or whatever. And so it's developing social proof for them. Like look at all these different types of people who are buying all different types of earrings and how much they love it, etc. So from a marketing perspective, again, thinking about that end user and that experience, if you want them to be sharing their experience on socials, make it something shareable, but also give them something simple like, a hashtag the hashtag you want them to use so that you can be easily picking up their stories
1: absolutely and that kind of just sparked a little thought for me as well something i love from online shopping is click and collect now like a lot of big businesses do that because obviously they have a lot more stock on hand but even if you're a small business i know abby at stomping does do click on collect mm. i just might be at work all day and i can't duck out to browse all her earrings for an hour and a <laughs> half without the boss getting mad at me <laughs> Usually, I take her with me, and that I going to say, we actually have
0: done that together.
1: <laughs> but yeah, if you're a small business and you offer click and collect for your local customers, that might see them actually shopping at 11 o'clock at night, and you're still making sales that you wouldn't ordinarily make. So you, yeah, when considering shipping and and those options for buying, that's another one to consider.
0: Hundred percent. And then, so moving on from products and going into services. So you've got a few different options to consider with your services as well and how you want to um, do those e-commerce. So obviously there's always um, a once-off. So it could be like, you know, that you'll do like a financial advisor and that you're doing initial consultation or whatever it might be. Or you might end up, you might want to do say a subscription model. Where it's like someone will pay um, an annual or monthly cost, and they will, although normally I think those ones are monthly, but then they will get access to say they get your professional advice, but then they also have they can send in questions and and um, you know, like sort of like a retainer thing, but online basically. Yeah, you've also got say your memberships, so for example, it could be that you have like our um, PT. Our client, for example, she does a membership model so people subscribe. Well, it's it's kind of like subscriptions, I guess, in a way, but it's they actually have a members-only section of yep. her website. So they can go and access all of this members-only content, which gets refreshed and added to regularly, as well as having that one-on-one um uh, interaction as well. So
1: it creates a sense of community for in this instance. So instead of being at the gym and around those people and like maybe having coffee afterwards, like you've still got that you can do it, girlfriend attitude and that kind of inspiration community happening there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, there's just so many different variations and models for how you can run those kind of online. Um, membership communities, etc. Like just because, you know, the ones you've seen all have Facebook groups doesn't mean you have to have a Facebook group. Yeah. So it's really thinking about, again, thinking about who your audience is and what they want, and then thinking about what you want from your business and how you want to set it up to run for you. And then finding that, you know, that middle ground, that sweet spot where it works for both of you.
1: Because remembering you are not selling to everyone and everything. You have a target market, Think about those people when you're doing this.
0: Mm. Um, and another thing with taking your services online and stuff as well is that, uh, you know, it, 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 there's all different levels on it. You may just be taking your payment systems online. Yeah. So, um, you know, for example, I think it's our accountant, they send us electronic documents to sign and do payments and everything through. And, like, we're on a retainer, so that's a, that's a debit that we don't have to worry about. But, you know, their advice to us, You know, isn't just online like they're a normal accountant to us, but they've set it up so that their whole administrative and accounting, you know, to them is all done completely paperless and online. So there's yeah, bringing a business online doesn't always have to mean that you deliver everything online. It could be that you're just taking certain components online again to streamline things, and it's also you know making it like for example with us, you know, having that direct debit. Our accountant knows that that money is going to come in at that same date every month or whatever. We're not having to go and look and pay that bill or anything, you know, so it's just sort of a bit of a set and forget for us as a business. So yeah, you can just take a component of it. Absolutely.
1: Alright, so to wrap it up, we are going to talk about marketing because you've gone through all the effort of considering putting your business online, working out how it's going to work, doing all the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit of work, but it's going to be really exciting for your business. It's going to be a great new opportunity. It's like anything
0: in business, man, or like anything in life, I guess, is that when you want to take a new step or do something... There's generally an investment of time and resources. <laughs> like you don't just get something for nothing.
1: Where's the instant gratification? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, not with e com
1: So you're going to want to market your sparkly new e-com website and services that you
0: now do. So- Absolutely. It's just like any website. It's not a build it and they will come. Yeah. You need to market it. And with e-commerce, if you're wanting people to um, like I said, they don't. They can't come into your store, talk to you, ask you questions, look at what you're offering, all that kind of thing. Then you need to make sure that you are really marketing that website and giving people all of the like opportunities to buy from you, basically.
1: Absolutely, and if you're already an established business, you're gonna need to let everyone know that hey, there's another way you can do business with me. So obviously you're going to want to be doing some organic social media posts, but even looking at some paid ads. So advertising money is really well spent on social media. We're pretty happy with it. So definitely do a good push there and focus and link back to your website. This is going to be a great for your SEO,
0: but b great for getting those products starting to be sold. And think about it too. It's like social media is not, you know, for your organic posts, you don't really want them to be too, salesy. It's not like a, hi, I've got bracelets for sale. Did you see my bracelets for sale? P.S. There's some bracelets for sale. (laughs) It's more that you're going to, you know, you'll want to have images of people wearing what you like, you know, wearing your bracelets and they're out at a cocktail party or wearing your bracelets and they're like chilling by the beach. And, you know, here's a story of someone and how much they love, they loved their bracelet and wearing it for their wedding. And, you know, so you really need to be putting out content that is, going to appeal to people and you know like make it's kind of inspire them you know like as opposed to just being like here's a bracelet it's pink
1: yeah yeah so it should be very similar to how you've been posting before you do that e-commerce setup yeah so, yeah, it's going to be look really natural still. But obviously, you can pop a little link in there so they can go buy it. Like, you can be tagging that stuff. So, that's definitely
0: a plus. And like Lani said, with those, you know, your social media ads and everything, depending what platform you're using, a lot of them are very cost-effective. Um, and that's where you can do a bit more of your sales push and everything because it's an ad. Yeah. It's sort of expected. Whereas with your organic posting, you really want to be telling the story of your brand and of your products. You know, why did you start building this product like creating this product why did you get into that industry you know like and people want to know their reason i'm not everybody but yeah. it it's is it is of those story things. there yeah share and, it and that's the thing like i'm you know for most of us we're not providing something that no one else in the world is providing so you kind of need to explain to people why they should choose your particular thing over somebody else's and for a lot of people that could be the story behind it maybe you're really into eco-friendly and sustainability exactly so that's material. the story and so you're going to attract people who are like, okay, I'm, uh, you know, if I'm buying a foundation, I'm going to buy the foundation that's cruelty free and organic and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Absolutely. And so while you're sitting down doing your marketing activities, Google Ads is a good one to start doing as well. You're so a lot of these are going to sound really digital. So yes, you are have your e-commerce platform. So you want to use as many digital areas to market that because people are online. So you want to yeah. be feeding them back. You know, online. So it's a path of least
0: resistance. Exactly. So basically, if I'm already online and I see something that interests me, like you know, if I'm searching for something on Google or a Google display ad comes up, I'm on YouTube and there's a video or a banner ad. I'm on socials and whatever. When any of those digital ads come up, just I can away. click through to that product. Yeah. And remember, don't, you know, if you're actually specifically showing a product, don't click through to your homepage. Click through to the actual product. <laughs> it's so freaking annoying. If I want something, I want it now, damn it. Um, but, you know, so whereas you still do want to complement it with your offline methods as well. Yes. Especially at the start. Like, if you're, if you're brand new, you need to build a brand. Yeah. But... If you are like, and it depends on budget and all that sort of thing. If you're a small business, you might just stick to your digital marketing because it is more cost effective way to spend and if people are closer to being able to do the purchase.
1: Especially if you're targeting a region outside of where you're already doing business. Mm. So they don't know about you.
0: Yeah, but if you're like, you know, if, you're, if you've are if you already got a business in your local town and you've got quite a good trade and so you're going online, yes, you want to be doing digital to now, like, um, let people know and also to go further afield. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you might want to do some local marketing as well. A offline field board
1: is not a far-fetched stretch.
0: To be able to say, hey, did you know that that thing that you love buying from us at the markets is now available to you at, you know, 11 p.m. on a Saturday night when you're... Um, doing some online shopping. That's a great billboard <laughs> script. You <should> use that. <laughs> it's literally just someone sitting there on their phone with a wine in hand. Seriously, how many people would drive past that though and be like, yep, been there?
1: That's too long. <laughs> that's my point. Unless it's at a traffic light. No, but like, the, no, <laughs> that's the image.
0: The image would do that. The
1: image would do that. The text you need to shorten.
0: Yes, yes. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, so you're definitely looking at those offline methods as well, as well as all your standard sort of, you know, like when you think about traditional media, like they've all got online offerings these days as well. You know, things like your email sig and all that kind of stuff. Like, so all of those kind of regular one, you know, your Facebook cover, make yeah, sure that says anyone. that you've got a um, store, etc. Update your
1: services on your website. Well, probably not on your website, more on your social media saying that, you know, you do offer yeah. online. Your
0: online directory listings, yeah. et cetera. Uh, say that you're in e-commerce, you know, um, sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely doing those too. Also in that digital space is that if you haven't already, with e-commerce you will be developing or building, sorry, an email database. So hopefully you already have an email database, but once people start buying from you, you'll have that digital customer email database as well if
1: you need some tips on how to maybe (laughs) grow that email database stay tuned for next episode um
0: we might be touching on that (laughs) typically slash that's what the whole thing is about (laughs) um but yeah so using that email database to be promoting your products and promoting your brand and promoting your story and everything and doing it in a way that feels you know genuine and right for you as well so i know we always use this as an example but like kmart I get Kmart's emails and it's literally like, say, eight products. That's fine. Like, you know, for them, they've already got that brand awareness. I already know exactly what they're about and everything. I do just want to see what the new products are. Whereas if you're just starting out or you're a smaller business or whatever, you know, it can't just – I wouldn't just send something being like, here's the stuff I have to sell. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, lead me into a little bit, like tell me a little bit about you. Yes, show me products and how they can benefit me because at the end of the day it all comes back to me, the consumer, but, you know, tell me a bit more of a story. Get me interested, entertain me, inspire me, educate me, all those kind of good things.
1: Yeah, so I've signed up to a new skincare um, wholesaler, not wholesaler, uh, new skincare provider and, yeah, they've... By having my email, they're now taking me on the customer journey via their email marketing, which is like why we do it, what it's made of, um, how it can benefit me as a consumer, what products I might be interested. I haven't bought from them yet, but they're, they're taking me on the journey. It's not just like, this is what we have. Go buy it now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's a pretty good tactic, but maybe the first one will work a little bit better. Yeah. And so the other thing you can do with your digital marketing as well is retargeting. So whether that's through you know using Facebook Ads Manager or your Google Ads, whatever, you can set up and like it's it's kind of technical, but a lot, there's a lot of easy to follow easy to follow online guides or whatever for it. But setting it up so that you can actually track your website visitors. So if someone gets to a certain point, so for example, they might be looking at a product, they might even add it to their cart and then they get to that shipping point and they drop out. So that person came really close to purchasing from you instead of always just being out there collecting new leads. Um, you can do d- like digital ads that go directly to people who and you you would know this like if you've been some you know been shopping online and you've been looking at something or you might have even gotten to the ad cart stage and then you go to another website or go to socials or whatever and all of a sudden there's that exact product you are looking at coming up in your newsfeed etc so that's um you that's know, retargeting yeah basically it's and, and that's the whole thing with digital marketing is that you can collect that information to do it use it it's, it's there to, I mean it's kind of creepy but it's also very useful <laughs>
1: I I will admit, I'm a bit of a sneaky shopper. I do this often um, in an effort to get a discount slash shop around. Like, I'll be like, oh, I wonder what shipping is. Oh, those buttheads, they're not giving me free $10 shipping. Like, they're not marking it down. I'm going to look around or see if I can get a discount for free shipping i already put all my details in. I've told them what I want and I've gone and been and the So you start getting those emails. You're like, hey, this is still here. Did you want this? Oh, yeah, the hey, email ones as yeah, well. Yes, cool. Yeah. Hey, this is on discount if you still like today. or And then, yeah, you start getting those social media things. Or Facebook's like, hey, you liked this. Do you like this brand that does the same thing? So that's maybe not fantastic or no, it was your own business, but... That's the
0: thing. For the business, it's useful to retarget because yeah. I might end up picking you up as a customer because you're already interested in me. From the consumer perspective, it's also a useful and, you know, I guess just modern way of shopping around and doing that comparison shopping.
1: Yeah, I'm lazy. i let it all come to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> after I've put in using, on my details. You're using the tools <laughs> available to you. Uh,
1: fun. So, there you have it. There is quite a few things to consider about growing ecom, oh,
0: and it's really you know once you get into it you'll realize how it's just the starting point that it is it's quite a bit of it it's it can be a bit of a beast but it's like anything man it's just starting out small and having a look what are other people doing what can i do you know maybe it's taking a certain section of your business online rather than going the whole hog maybe you just take one particular product line on online And see how it does, test it out, and then go the whole hog from there. Um, Or you might be ready to just go for it as it is. Just make sure you do your research. And again, it's looking out for you and what you want for your business and how you want to operate, as well as looking out for your customer and making sure that you're still delivering a top quality product or service and experience. Absolutely.
1: So enjoy. Good luck with your e-com journey. If you have any questions, we would absolutely love to hear them. Definitely know where to hit us up, I'm sure. You'll find us on Facebook, LinkedIn. We're on YouTube as well. Instagram, our website. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for joining us and cheers.
0: Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.